been a month and a half. I will start with the Ravens draft and then talk Orioles. What's happened in the season? Who's hot now? Who wasn't hot? What's going on? I'm going to also take a look at MLB standings. If I have time, I'll talk NBA playoffs. All coming up and much, much more on Sports with Yosei. And one reason I've not been able to do a podcast recently is well, A, I've been busy, and but I've been doing a bunch of videos on sportscaster.com, C-A-S-T-R. They're really just a lot of fun. I do play-by-play, I do analysis, I do breaking news stuff there, so definitely check that out. There, if you go to the description of my podcast, there is a link there, so check that out. There's a lot of stuff there. Well, coming into the 2019 NFL Draft Ravens, well... It was the first year drafting for Eric DaCosta, and the Ravens, they needed a bunch of stuff, and some of the stuff that they needed was the obvious stuff. Pass rush, without, without Terrell Suggs and Zadari Smith, there was a big hole there, and pass rush has really been an issue for a bunch of years now for the Ravens. You've ha- you, They needed O-linemen. They needed linebackers without now C.J. Mosley. They needed wide receivers. Well, they've not had a wide receiving course since the Super Bowl run, is what I would really say. Let's take a look at that. That was seen cool. You had Jacoby Jones, a speedster. You had Torrey Smith. Flacco loved him. You had Aquan Baldwin, big physical wide receiver. Then, uh, let's see, 2013, you had Marlon Brown. Everyone there minus Aquan Baldwin. So that was a tough year. 2014 was actually not bad. You had Steve Smith Sr. You had Torrey. You might have had Marlon Brown. I don't remember. Um, but the Ravens really have not gotten Flacco the receivers he needs. And Flacco really depended a lot on the tight ends. And coming into new quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson, with the Ravens, it's a very dynamic offense. But you've got to be able to have teams respect the passing game. And if they're not respecting the passing game, you're in trouble. Because we saw what the Chargers did when they played all pretty much all out run against the Ravens in the wild card game. And it was it's not going to be that easy for the Ravens this season. The Ravens is they really need wide receivers. And one of the most hyped wide receivers coming to the draft was a guy named DK Metcalf. Metcalf, incredibly strong, really just ripped. He's very, very long arms, very physical. He was People were talking about him being like a Julio Jones, and I was really hoping the Ravens would not get him in the draft, and of course they didn't take my, no, they did, um, we'll talk about that later, but he's, I thought he'd be another Brashad Perryman, and there was all this hype, maybe he'd be going to Baltimore, I was like, no, please no, and then eventually he went in the third round to Seattle, but he's, he can run three or four routes, he he can run a a fly, a, a streak fly, whatever you want to call it, a slant, an out pattern. Um, there's one other thing. Like he, it's very tough to work with guys like that. And and does that remind you of anyone, Baltimore fans? Someone who's like really hyped, really fast, really just not good at running routes. Ever heard of a guy named Rashad Perryman? I was really hoping the Ravens would not get DK Metcalf, and they didn't. As I said, he went to the third round to Seattle. But what the Ravens did get was they filled almost all of their draft needs. And there were some of the draft needs that they did not fill. And the first round, they traded back from 22, and they got Marquise Brown, a wide receiver from Oklahoma. Marquise, very fast, very physical, um, not physical, I'm sorry, he's smaller, but he he's a dynamic player. He can take the house any play. Third round, Jalen Ferguson, an outside linebacker, a pass rusher from Louisiana Tech. Then later on the third round, 93rd overall, Miles Boykin, wide receiver from Notre Dame, another really fast guy. Fourth round, 
uh, the 113th pick, Justice Hill, running back from Oklahoma State. He's a quick. He's fast, um, and he he hopefully will make this roster along with the other running backs they've got, and the veterans and Mark Ingram, and then you've got guys like Kenneth Dixon and Gus Edwards. They also got a in the fourth round a guard from Oklahoma, Ben Powers, and later their last pick in the fourth round, Iman Marshall, cornerback from USC, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Jimmy Smith's not going to be there that much longer. Brandon Carr's not going to be there that much longer. Marlon Humphreys, he's great, but he's not the only guy they're going to have. But they're going to have other guys back there with him. And then the fifth round, I'm sorry, they had in the fifth round Dalen Mack, a defensive tackle, he got from University of Alabama. And sixth round, they got Chase McSorley, a quarterback from Penn State. And you can ask, what in the world are you doing with a quarterback? Well, with Lamar Jackson and RG3 in the offense they're going to run, it, it's an injury-prone offense. So I can understand that. I can understand getting another quarterback to fit in there, having a three. He probably won't make the roster. He probably will make the practice squad. But in good draft for the Ravens, they were pretty smart about what they did, how they were going to do it, and they did. They just really did a, a good job. They were smart. They didn't make dumb decisions. That's what I really like. There weren't any picks in the draft. And like, come on. And one thing about this Ravens offense, there's any one player on this Ravens offense could take it to the house any play. Let's. I mean, the wide receivers now. You got Chris Moore, Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, really fast guys. You've got tight ends Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst. They're fast, they're good, they're going to be able to go up the seam, we saw Mark Andrews in the huge play he had against the Chargers in week 16 of the NFL season, and then you've also got the running backs, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, they're, they were phenomenal last year, and I think they're, I mean, that's going to be really good, off of the RPO and the zone reads with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, he didn't really have any 50 plus yard plays, 30, I don't think he had a 30 plus yard play, but, to the house, at least, but, that's going to happen. He's going to be good. And so you've got to really worry about him. And what the Ravens are doing right now, they're going to be game. It's so tough to game plan for this Ravens offense. Do I have to worry about Lamar? Do I have to worry about the running game, the passing game? Because Lamar's improved as a passer. And it's not just me. Around the league, people are hyped to see what Lamar Jackson will bring. Because if he's anywhere close to me, honestly, he just runs for 100 yards a game, throws for, let's say, 200 yards, and then... Already you're at 300 net yards for, with Lamar. You're going to have the running game. And if Lamar can combine running and passing, just get three touchdowns, two touchdowns. That's going to be enough to win most games. Because the running game is going to combine it for another one or two touchdowns without Lamar. So I think that the Ravens offense is scary. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens. Let's go to the Orioles. The Orioles season. I was actually in shock when I saw how far back that I had not done a podcast. I last done a podcast. I think it was opening day. Um, maybe like second day of the season. Well, first game of the season for the first time in many, many years. And Brandon Hyde's first start, he lost to the Yankees. But then the next two games, the Orioles won. And then they went to Toronto. And won two out of three there. Came back to New York and got swept. But that those first six games of the season, you started 5-1. and one. Great job by the Orioles. Great start after that first loss. I mean, they won four in a row there. They start four one. I'm sorry. Then they came home. They had to deal with Oakland. They went. They took one out of four there, and then Boston. They took two out of four, and then you had them. The Tampa Bay Rays took one out of three. The Twins. They got swept. 
Chicago White Sox. They took two out of three from the Minnesota Twins again, and they got swept again. Then you had the Chicago White Sox again. It was really interesting how the schedule makers decided to do that. Why are we alternating teams like that? I don't like it. And that was the, the decision of the schedule makers. They did not ask me for my input in that, most unfortunately. And then they got they took one out of three from the White Sox. And then they had they took they split a two game series with the Rays. The third game was postponed. And then they took one out of three from the Red Sox, which leads the Orioles right now to 13 and 24. And it's not great. They don't have a good uh, run differential. In fact, they have a minus. Let me get this number right. Minus 69. Not good. But they're competing. It's fun baseball to watch, and it's just enjoyable. And they're, they're I mean. If you've been following sports, one of the biggest things that's been happening, the Chris Davis hitting streak, he went 54 at-bats. This start was in the 2018 season without a hit. And it was a major league record in the worst way possible. But he's rebounded from that after starting a horrific start to the season. Like, absolutely horrific. He couldn't buy a hit, and he was hitting the ball hard. They were just robbed. There was stuff that was just robbed. The wind knocked him down. He was just getting completely unlucky because there's no streak. There's no Super Bowl run. There is no winless season in any sport without luck playing a factor. It's just how it works. Maybe it's officials giving you a call. Maybe it's an injury before the game. Maybe it's just a wind knocks the ball down. But something will happen because there is no championship run without luck. It doesn't happen. I'll just quickly, let's do Super Bowl runs just to talk about this. Uh, Ravens Super Bowl run, 2012. Fourth down and 29, you throw a check down pass to your running back. You have, a, with 40 seconds left, you throw a mile-high miracle on blown coverage by the Broncos. 2013, that was the Seahawks run. You completely stopped the Broncos offense. I don't know the Broncos, the Seahawks season that well, actually. Though 2014, though, the Patriots, you luck into one of the dumbest game plan calls of all time 2015 Broncos Panthers I actually don't know the Panthers, the Broncos season well enough for that either but you're dealing with an aged paid man who's not throwing the ball and you still manage to win oh it was actually a failed two point conversion in the NFC in the AFC championship game that helped get them to the Super Bowl yeah that was a big play that helped them 2016 who was in the, uh, that would have been Brady again Brady against the Falcons the decision the coaching decisions by the Falcons to just completely fold in the second half. Horrible play calling there by the Falcons on offense. 2017, that was against the Eagles. And for the Eagles there, to be able to pull off that Philly Philly, to have Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, come in and make that run. 2018 Super Bowl, Patriots beat the Rams. To stop that Rams offense, to be able to not have to play Drew Brees because of one freak play that cost Drew Brees a legacy. Because that and all the play and remember when the guy in the AFC championship game when the Chiefs got the interception I think it was D Ford he was offsides and he had no impact on the play if he wasn't offsides Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and we have a rematch of that incredible Monday night game that we have between the Rams and the Chiefs luck plays a part and Davis has not had luck but recently and let's take a look at some hot Orioles the Orioles well Chris Davis over his last 15 games batting over 270 since the end of his streak 263 he's batting on the season 176. That's phenomenal. To start so bad and get it up to so well is just 
mind-boggling to me. I mean, he, he's done a phenomenal job with Chris Davis. He's got three bombs so far, 14 ribbies, but some hot Orioles. Trey Mancini, what a season he's had. 328 batting average, 560 slugging, 941 OPS. I mean, he's 134 at-bats. He's only struck out 32 times. He's got 12 walks, 15 ribbies, 6 home runs, 44 hits. Uh, he's on fire. He scored 25 runs. Like, he, he just... He's on fire for the Orioles. And you've got other guys. Dwight Smith Jr., I, I'm really high on him. Um, he's got a batting average of 284. A OPSO of 816. So he's doing a great job there. You've also got guys like Jonathan Villar. He's he's steady. He's, two, he's batting 257. He's, he's about a 270 guy. Jonathan Villar max. But he's going to give you... He's consistent. He gives you good defense. And those are some hot or Orioles. But some guys who are really struggling... And guy who I was really high on, I thought he could be next MLB superstar, Cedric Mullins. Man, he's batting 094 and 64 at bats. He is just completely tanking. And he's got to figure it out because I think he can really be a big part on the Orioles rebuild. But he's going to have to figure that thing out and figure out a way for him to be better than that. Let's take the pitchers, though. A guy, if he, if he continues to pitch like this, he's a Scion contender. He's 4-3, though, with a 248 ERA. It's John Means. What a job he's done, and what a change-up he's had. He's been working inside-outside to get it done. He's got a whip of 1.01. He's been phenomenal so far. Another guy who's been really good, Nate Carnes. The innings there, he's not pitched as much. He's only pitched 5 in the 3rd, but didn't give up a run. He took a loss in that one. Didn't give up an earned run, I should say. And he's just done a phenomenal job, but... I really am loving John Means and what he has done for the Orioles, and he's definitely a guy you could trade at the deadline, or you could keep and say, hey, John, you continue to pitch like this. This rebuild, the posters, they're going to have your face on it, your number. It'll be your number on the jerseys that are filling up Camden Yards in the future. And that's the decision the Orioles will have to make at the trade deadline, and that will be coming up all later. By the way, quick reminder, listen to my other podcasts. I did one with Aaron Raskus, a lawyer for the Baltimore Orioles, we talk about the Horror Orioles, Nationals, Masson debate, what's going on there. It's really very, very um, interesting, and I gained a lot of knowledge from doing that. And then coming up later, hopefully hopefully soon, um, before the NFL season, before it's too late, I'm going to be getting, hopefully, Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Baltimore Ravens. He's going to be coming on, talk Ravens. Definitely be keeping you tuned and, watch, and listen to my other ones. If you've not yet done that, but let's take a look at that. Some MLB standings just to talk about the teams that have been doing well so far. Well, in the AL East, it's been completely upside down. The Rays are they're not first place. They're a the game and a half up on the Yankees. The Red Sox, though, they're 500. They're five games back. And by the way, the Rays are 23 and 13, and one of the best teams in the AL. One of the great teams in the AL is the Minnesota Twins, and the, they're the best team in the AL, uh, 23 and 12. Going about one percentage here, by the way, for the best teams. Um, Rays they have six thirty nine win percentage. Twins six fifty seven. The Indians are twenty and sixteen with the injuries they had to Corey Kluber again. Check out my videos for more on that Corey Kluber, big injuries. So that's definitely been holding them back recently. But the Mariners there, so there are two divisions in the AL where there's only one team. I'm sorry, there's one, one, two. There are three teams in the a American League with that are over five hundred. Three teams. What is going on? And then the NL, well, the numbers are better than that. I mean, I, you got obviously one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. 
over 500. But three teams in the AL over 500. That can't be. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, it's 14. It's four teams. What's going on? I mean, this that second spot is open. And I'll tell you what. And I just completely messed up their five teams. Uh, every other time I looked, there's going to be another bunch of teams now. Okay, so it's not as bad. When I saw three teams, I'm like, that can't be. But you've got the Rays, you've got the Yankees, you've got the Twins, the Indians, and the Astros. The only teams in the AL above 500. But a team that is really hot right now, the Dodgers and Corey Bellinger. What a job he has done. And he's ridiculously hot. I'm sorry, Cody Bellinger. He's been incredibly hot. He's been leading the MLB with a lot of stats. He's just on fire. Another really hot team. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. And you might not want to call this team hot, but the Orioles, I mean, they're playing with the best teams, some of the best teams in baseball. And the AL East, one of the toughest divisions coming into the season, which I thought was the toughest division. I mean, outside, actually, did I think that? I don't remember. Um, they've not done that bad against the AL East. They had three wins last year against Boston. Four, three wins? Three wins last year. Well, they have three wins so far. They're 3-4 and four against the Red Sox. Against the the Blue Jays, they're 2-1. and one. The Rays are 2-3. and three. The Yankees are 2-4. and four. They're playing with the teams in the AL East. It's really the teams in the NL Central that have been killing them. They're 0-6 against the Twins. 3-3 three three against the White Sox. That's actually not that bad. But 1-3 against the Athletics. It's just not been that good. For the Orioles in March, though, they're 3-4. and four. So, and one of those games, they could easily have been 4-3. and three. A robbed Jackie Bradley Jr. brought a ball back, which would have walked off a game, which instead was won by the Red Sox. So, that didn't help the Orioles. But I am pretty much out of time here. So, just... Listen to my other, uh, listen to my other podcast, and keep it tuned for my next one with Jerry Sandusky, and also watch my video sportscaster.com castr They're really well done. Uh, they're play my plays. There's analysis, a lot of stuff there. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sports with Jose. I'm Jose in the center.